Um, today, I, I want to talk to you about something that's so simple and so basic that a year and a half ago or so, I probably would have never, apart from just a real serious prompting from God, I would have never even thought about teaching on this. Um, but we're going to talk about today how we need God. And I, it's kind of like preaching to the choir, right? Because you guys are here in church on a Sunday morning. Of, of all people, if there's a group of people or a demographic that understands that we need God, it's going to be you guys. And so why do we need to take a Sunday to talk about it? Well, I, I would have had that very attitude a year, year and a half ago. And then something happened um, last year on, that kind of came to a head on March 19th last year. And I've, I think I've shared bits and pieces of this story, but I've never really told the whole story. Um, but today I think I need to because I believe that uh, some of you may be in this same mindset that I was in. And you might need to hear this. I believe that, that you do. So here's what happened. Um, leading up to March 19th. So March 19th was a Sunday. And um, we were up here. I was leading worship. And um, I got to this place in a certain song. It was the song, Great Are You, Lord, where I just couldn't, I couldn't lead worship anymore. It was like I hit this invisible wall. Now, let me back up a little bit. Leading up to that Sunday, it had been getting increasingly difficult. And I didn't understand why. It didn't make any sense. Um, I've long since gotten over any kind of, you know, stage fright. Or, I mean, I just kind of haven't worried about what people think for a long time when it comes to leading worship. So it wasn't that. I got to thinking, well, is there some kind of a physical or medical thing going on where, uh, you know, and so then I actually tested some of that out. And I would come in here during the week, in the middle of the week, and I would set everything up just like a service and set the lights up and turn on the sound system and get up here and just lead worship. And no big deal. But then on Sunday mornings, it was getting harder and harder to do it. And I just, it didn't make any sense. And then that Sunday, March 19th, we got into this song, and it got to a point where I literally could not sing another word. And I still didn't understand what was going on, but I just knew I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't produce the words. And so I had to lean over to, and tell Kelsey on the keyboards, you're going to have to finish worship and, and finish this song and, and finish the time of worship. And then that night, driving home, I was really stressed out about it because... That Sunday, I couldn't sing a song. But in six days, or, or the next Sunday, which would have been March 26th, I was supposed to preach. And so I'm driving home, and I'm like, if I can't sing a song today, how am I going to get up here and speak for 30 or 40 minutes or however long um, when I don't really even understand what's going on? So... I immediately got real serious about seeking God about this. Okay, God, what's going on? Tell me what's happening. I need to understand this because I need to preach on Sunday and you're going to have to help me out with this. 
So Monday, I stayed home. I prayed all day. I sought God. And then on Tuesday, everybody was kind of working in different places. So the building was empty. And um, so I came in here, and I was just pacing around the whole building, praying, seeking God, listening. And then at some point that day, God spoke to me. And when I say God spoke to me, I'm not saying that there was a vague impression. I'm saying every single word I heard. And here's what he said. And this, I'm sharing this with you because I really do believe that this will connect with some of you. Uh, first service, I had people come up to me and say that. So I believe it's the same way here. God said this. Everything that you have done for me up to this point has been in your own strength. And he, he actually gave me a list of things. Your own strength, your own creativity, your own imagination, your own uh, charisma. Your, I mean, this whole list of things. And then the next thing that he said was what really hit me. He said, but you can't go where I want to take you in your own strength because you don't have what it takes on your own to go where I want to take you. And so what, what God was saying is, look, doing it on your own, may have, you may have been able to somehow make that work up till now, but it's got to stop now. No more. You have to learn how to move in my strength, in my peace, in my joy. You've got to learn how to partner with me because you can't go any further the way you're doing it. Now, and just in case you don't know me, to give you a little bit of background, I grew up in a church like this. I've grown up around serving God and seeking God and knowing God and the Holy Spirit and the Bible and and all of these things, I mean, that's just been my life, you know. I've been on staff at churches and, uh, you know, in the ministry, right? And yet, 2017 is when I started really, really figuring out how much I truly need God. Now, there has to be some of you that's in the same boat. So, Today, what, we ha what we're going to do is we're going to figure out how different times of our life and different seasons and different places and different situations can steal our focus or our awareness of our need for God. And we're going to do something about it. There's a quote by Bill Johnson, and I'm going to put it up on the screen. It says, live in such a way that unless God shows up, what you're attempting to do is bound to fail. Live in such a way that unless God shows up, what you're attempting to do is bound to fail. So if you can do what you're doing without God, if what you're doing can be done without faith, then it's kind of like you're on your own. Now, God, now you understand God doesn't want you to be on your own, but if you are doing this apart from partnering with God, then you've kind of chosen to do it on your own. Uh, but God is always leading you into things that will only work when you partner with him. That's just 
how he does it. That's always been his plan. And the other part of that is, is that he wants to do the heavy lifting. So when God leads you into something, it may seem impossible. It may seem outside of the scope of what you're able to do. It may seem beyond your skill. It may seem beyond your experience. But you have to understand that the way God works is he wants to partner with you. And there may be a job that requires some heavy lifting, and he wants to do the heavy lifting. Listen to this. This is out of, this is uh, Jesus talking, Matthew eleven twenty-eight, And this is out of the Message Bible, but this is really good. Listen, it says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company, keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. We need that, don't we? We need that. Now think about Peter. Now Peter walked on water, didn't he? You know the story. The disciples are in the boat. Jesus comes walking on the water. They freak out. And then one of them, Peter, calls out and says, Look, hey, Jesus, if that's you, then tell me to come out onto the water with you. And at that point, this partnership started happening in this situation, right? So what happens? There are two things that need to happen. Number one, Peter's got to step out of the boat. And number two, Peter has to somehow be supported on the surface of the water. So there's two things that has to happen. Peter's job was just to simply step out of the boat. But it was the power of God that supported him on the water. It wasn't Peter's job to support himself on the water, is what I'm saying. So when we do that, when we enter into partnership with God, that's how it works. God is calling us out onto the water, to a place where we have to trust him. And um, when you get to that place where your trust in God is absolutely necessary, that is the place where miracles happen. That's the place where sicknesses are healed. That's the place where bondages are broken. When we get to that place where we are truly trusting in God, where we're truly relying on God. Last night when I was here, in the auditorium and just kind of prepping for today. I, I was just sitting and, and um, listening to the Lord and praying. And I kept hearing that song that we do a lot of times, Oceans, in my head. And I was thinking about how we need God, right? And I just kept hearing this song in my head, and especially the part of it that says, I'll go ahead and put the words up on the screen, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. So what I want to do right now is just really be obedient to what I felt like God was leading last night when I was praying about today. And so 
Right now, I just want you to pray with me. We're going to take a second here and pray. Father, we desire right now, Lord, to know and understand how much we need you, God. We want to have it made clear to us how much we need you. And Lord, when you call us out on the water, we want to respond. But we know that it can only happen when we partner with you. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would open our hearts, open our eyes to that need right now in Jesus' name. And so what I want to do is I want to do that song. I want to sing that song. And you can remain seated, but I want you to stay in an attitude of prayer. And as you sing these words, and I know that you do this anyway when we sing and we worship God, but I really want you to focus. And, I, and as you sing these words, let this be your prayer. Let this be your cry to God that I want my eyes opened. I want, to be, I want you to reveal to me how much I need you and what the possibilities really are when I partner with you. And just sing along with me. You call me out upon the water, the great unknown, where feet may fail. There I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep. My faith will stand And I will call upon your name And keep my eyes above the waves When oceans rise My soul will rest in your embrace For I And you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me. You've never failed, and you won't start now. I will call, and I will call upon your name. And keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours, and you are mine. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the water. Wherever you would 
Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith will be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you would call me Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith will be made stronger In the presence of my Savior And I will call upon your name And keep my eyes above the waves When oceans rise My soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours And you are mine Go ahead and praise God right now Praise you, Lord I think it's important to do that. I wasn't quite sure why um, we were supposed to do that. And after the first service, when we did it um, in there, it kind of became clear to me because we need to do things that cause us to engage with God, with the Holy Spirit, beyond just simply listening. Now, we need to listen too, obviously. But we need to be able, we need to have opportunities to respond, and um, so th- that's really what I want to steer towards today, is to give you an opportunity to respond to this. Um, but God's plan for your life will absolutely require faith; it will require trust in Him. He will lead you out onto the water. It's, it's what he wants to do. He wants you to see how much you need him and what's possible when you partner with him. And I know that's a bold statement, but look at what it says in Hebrews 11.6. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But what is faith, really? It's a total dependence on God, his character, his power, his word, his goodness, and we have a tremendous dependence on God, whether we see it or not. I mean, we need God just to see the path in front of our feet. I mean, you guys know that verse? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Now, I don't know about you guys, but... um, when I jump online and I get on social media, Facebook, stuff like that, I have, to, I have to regulate myself because I will get irritated with things beyond what I should just by reading something that somebody posted. And I'm probably the only one like that, right? You guys are all in complete control of your, 
emotional responses to things. It's just me. I thought so. But I mean, this week I've, I've, I've run across several different things and I've got, you know, friends on social media that are just kind of from all over the place in different parts of the country, different types of churches and things. And they'll throw things up there of here's my interpretation to this thing. Here's my doctrine on this thing. Here's this theology. Here's this idea. And some of them, th- some of them will challenge things that I believe and some of them are just flat out wrong, you know? I mean, it's like, where did you come up with that? that is, I mean, but it will get under my skin sometimes, but it's like, as I was preparing for this message, God reminded me again, hey, you need me. My word is a lamp to your feet, a light to your path. We need God just to lead us into truth. And I hope you recognize that you need God even right now while I'm speaking to you. Because I don't want to just convince you of this like some sort of college speech class persuasive speech thing. I really want the Holy Spirit to be here. I need God to speak to you right now. You need God to hear what I'm saying. Do you see how this works? We really don't do anything independent of Him, do we? We need God. So, um, Let me ask you this. Do you want to see how extreme our need for God really is? Do you? No, do you? (laughs) Okay, let me show you a verse. Actually, it's three verses. Um, And it's kind of intense. It's Job 34, 14 through 16. If he should set his heart to it, And gather to himself his spirit and his breath. All flesh would perish together, and man would return to dust. If you have understanding, hear this, listen to what I say. Let me read it one more time. If he should set his heart to it, and gather to himself his spirit and his breath, all flesh would perish together, and man would return to dust. Now, he's not going to do that. That's not what God wants to do. That's, but that's the purpose of this is to demonstrate and show you that our very existence right now in this moment is dependent on God. Everything you see with your physical eyes, everything you see exists because God spoke this world into existence. Now listen, I know you know that. I know you know that here. But what I'm saying is, as someone who sought God, followed God, served God for decades, and in 2017 began to really understand how much he needed God, what I'm saying is, is maybe you know that here, and maybe you don't know that here, and you need to know that here. Our, our existence depends on God. Now, this whole idea is summed up in these two verses. I've, I've got two verses I want to read to you to kind of sum this idea up. John 15, 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do a few things. The first service laughed, just saying 
No, apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing apart from me. But here's the other side of the coin, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we have nothing and we have all things that we can do. And what is the variable? It's God. It's our need for God. Without him, we can do nothing. Through him, we can do all things. That's how much we need God. So I want to look at this one more way. Because, again, you're here. It's Sunday morning. You're at church. I get it. You understand that you need God. I get it. It's not difficult in this setting to get that, to understand that. It's when we hit the issues of life, the situations, the circumstances that come up in life, that we hit that danger zone of forgetting this all-important message that we need God. And so there are three areas or three circumstances or three situations in life that I want to look at where that's a danger, and we need to be aware of it, and we need to address it and see how to respond. And I made some videos. I hope you don't mind. I I thought it would be a good way to do this. So so I have a video for each place that we need to realize this and recognize this. So let's go ahead and show the first video. All right, well, I'm down here in my basement. It's late at night. It's dark outside, it's dark down here. Um, I don't even like being down here in the middle of the day, and I really don't like being down here at night. It's hard to see. It's just dingy down here in the basement. But I'm down here because we're talking about three different um, places in life where we have to remember that we need God. And the basement, or what I wanna call the midnight hour, is a place that we have to know. We have to acknowledge that we need God because we all have a midnight hour. We all have a place where everything seems dark. We feel alone. We've run out of resources. Relationships have turned sour. And everybody's gonna get to a place at some point or another where you feel alone and you're hurting. Maybe you feel like you've hit rock bottom. And we have to remember that in that time, we need God. The Bible says that he's our ever-present help in time of need. And when we are in our greatest need, we have to remember that God is our source. God is our strength. We can turn to him. He's always faithful. All of his promises are yes and amen. So if you're in the basement If you're in your midnight hour, you have to remember at this place right here, right now, you need God. So I talk about it in terms of the basement and the midnight hour because the midnight hour is a time. And there are times where we are in that just a hard situation, but there are also places. So the basement is a place. And... um, I shot that video like you saw. It was really dark 
kind of hard to see um, for a couple reasons. Number one, because I wanted to illustrate what it kind of feels like, just that oppressive darkness around you, hard to make things out, hard to see. And the other reason is, is that my wife, Sarah, probably wouldn't want you to see how poor of a job I do taking care of our basement. So that's why it was dark. But we end up in those places. And here's the, here's the simple fact of the matter. You have either been in a midnight hour, or you are in a midnight hour, or you're going to be in a midnight hour. Because if someone told you that when you follow Jesus, everything goes good, you're always happy all the time, there's no more trouble, there's no more pain, there's no more hardship, they lied to you. Because that's not what Jesus said. Jesus himself said in John uh, 16.33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. We need God. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. What's the message there? You are going to have trouble. You can have mountain moving faith and you can know the whole Bible backwards and forwards and you can have all of these things uh, in your experience with God, but you are still going to have trouble. But Jesus said, take heart, I have overcome the world. We need God in the midnight hour because it's inevitable that you're going to have hard times. You're going to have loss, hurt, and pain. But I love how Psalms 23, most of you probably know the 23rd Psalm, but I love how Psalms 23 puts this. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. It says several things right there. First of all, it says, though we walk, so it, we do walk through it, right? But though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the midnight hour is not a place where you're meant to stay. The basement is not a, a place where you're meant to live. You're supposed to go through it. And as we go through it, we fear no evil because why? God is with us. We need God. He shows us it's not about what's been lost. It's about what's left. And it's about what's to come. And you guys know in, in Romans 8, it talks about who can separate us from God's love. Tribulation, distress, peril, sword, nothing can separate us from the love of God. It doesn't matter what's in the basement. It doesn't matter what you're encountering in the midnight hour. Nothing is capable of separating you from the love of God. But you can get to where you no longer acknowledge your need for him. And that's what we have to be careful of. Isaiah 41.10 says this, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So you're either, you've either been in the midnight hour, you're either going to be there, or maybe you're there right now. But you have to remember that you need God. He's there in the midnight hour. Now I told you there were three places. So let's go ahead and show the video for number two. 
Well, I think it's almost obvious that we need God at the midnight hour. We need God in those dark times, um, difficult times, stressful times. Sometimes they even push us into a place of trusting God and relying on God uh, more than we had before. But you know, we also need God in the mundane times. Now, mundane is a word that we don't use very often anymore. But if you look it up, it's just talking about the ordinary, the repetitive, the dull, the routine. And we all have mundane things that happen and that we do in our lives. And, you know, it might be uh, doing the laundry. It might be working in an office. I mean, we all spend a lot of time in our cars uh, every day driving to work or back from someplace. And it's easy to allow the mundane things to kind of put us in a almost an autopilot frame of mind or a mindset where we're not really thinking strategically anymore. We're not making intentional decisions anymore. We're just kind of going with the flow, floating in the current of life. But we have to understand that even in the routine, even in the repetitive seemingly boring parts of life, we need God. So mundane, I try to pick at least one strange word every time I speak. But no, you guys know what mundane means. Um, You've heard that saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. Probably you've heard that. You've heard it now. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't quite really get that. I didn't understand what that meant. It seemed like a strange thing. And as I got older, and lots of little responsibilities started piling up, it started making more and more sense to me. You know, um, it's easy. It's very easy to let a mountain of insignificant things Uh, blind you to the one thing that's needful. David talks about the one thing. Psalms 27.4. This is a Passion Translation, but I, I like how it says it. It says, here's the one thing I crave from God. The one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house. Finding the sweet loveliness of his face Filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace, I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. We sing that song. All I know is everything I have means nothing, Jesus, if you're not my one thing. But we got to pay bills, we've got to go to work, we've got to do dishes. We've got to take care of kids' school. We've got to go to soccer practice. And we've got all of these things that have to happen, right? So it's like, yeah, I know I need God. But everybody knows I've got to take care of this stuff. And it may not be exciting, and it may not be thrilling or even seem significant, but I have to do it. And so these things have to be done. But the biggest thing, the biggest threat that those mundane things pose uh, 
is the threat to our time. We are stewards of time. It flows through our life, and we direct it by the choices we make. And time, you've heard the saying, time is money. Well, time is a lot like money. You can see a lot of correlations. You can spend money. You can spend time. You can waste money. You can waste time. You can invest money. You can invest time. Save money, save time. You get it. But one significant way that money and time are very different is that we all have different amounts of money, but we all have the same amount of time. And when I say that, I already know that there are some of you who are thinking, well, Aaron, I don't have that much time. You don't understand my life. You don't understand my schedule. And I would just say this. Let me put it this way. You, you, may not, you may think you don't have much time. I'm saying you don't have much time left over. Because we do all start every day with the same number of hours to spend, right? Now, I'm not trying to get, in, I'm not trying to get into anybody's business or, or criticize, you know, you, you know, I know some people... Uh, you've got to work multiple jobs, and I get that. I, I totally get that. But the point that I'm trying to make here is, remember, we're talking about how we need God. And we start with the same amount of hours, every single one of us does. And we know right off the bat, about eight of those hours we're going to have to spend sleeping and resting. Another eight or so hours, it's different from person to person, we're going to have to spend working or going to school. And then, depending on what's going on in your life, there is time left over. Don't let temporary things steal your focus from eternal things. Don't let the mundane things of life pull your focus off of eternal things. In the mundane things of life, in our routine, in our repetition, we need God in those things. We can't just shut off God and go do our job. No, we got to take him with us. Uh, Psalms 90, 12 says this. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What is that? That's having a big picture view, a big picture perspective on what's happening in our life. It's not about getting a paycheck. It's not about clocking in. Our lives are supposed to be counting for eternity, but we can only hold on to that uh, with an awareness of our need for God. I like what John, Jonathan Edwards says. He says, Lord, stamp eternity on my eyes. So we need to follow God, and we need to welcome the Holy Spirit into our mundane, repetitive, repetitious day-to-day -day routines. And remember that we need God. We've got one more uh, place, and so let's show the video for this last one. Well, I know what you're wondering. Where did he go in Liberty to find this place to shoot this video? Well, it's easy. You just go down Shoal Creek Parkway, and then you take a look. No. Obviously, I'm not in Liberty, I'm here in Colorado, I've got these mountain peaks behind me, 
And it's to talk to you about how even though we find ourselves in a dark place sometimes, and we know that we have to be aware of our need for God there, sometimes we, we find ourselves in just the daily grind and the mundane, and we know that we need God in the daily grind. There are also times that we find ourselves on the mountaintop, and that's great because that's where everything's working out. We're healthy, we feel good, relationships are going well, our job's going well, we've got joy, we've got peace. But it's, it's important here, maybe mostly here, to know that we need God. Because how many of you guys know, it wasn't by our strength alone, by our wisdom alone, by our ingenuity alone, that we enjoy the blessings of the mountaintop. And so when we are on the mountaintop, maybe more than anywhere else, we have to be aware that we need God. So the mountaintop is really where I was on March 19th last year. I really wasn't in the midnight hour. And I, I wouldn't even say that I was lost in the mundane things of life. I was, I mean, things were going well. The church was healthy. Relationships were great in my life. I mean, everything, you know, uh, me and everybody in my family, we had health in our bodies. I mean, it was just going good. And yet, that was the place where I came face to face with my need for God and the fact that I didn't really get that. So we need God on the mountaintop. The mountaintop can really be its own distraction because we have the least sense of our need on the mountaintop than in those other two places, right? I mean, just think about it. In the midnight hour, it's no mystery. You know you need God. You're at the bottom of your rope. You've hit maybe rock bottom. You're in the basement. You need help. And so it's clear that you need God. You need comfort. You need peace. You need God in the midnight hour. And even in the mundane, it's not that hard to take a look at your life and your routine and say, God, I need your life to come in to my monotonous routine and bring life and strength and power and love into my day-to-day routine. You can, you can see how you need God of the mundane, but on the mountaintop, it's easy to forget. And we have to be aware of that. We have to be acknowledging that even in that place, when everything's good, everything's going great, we need God. It's not a time to pull back. It's not a time you can rest from all the struggles that you've had that got you to the mountaintop, but don't rest from your pursuit of God, from your knowledge of God, from needing God. I want to put up a quote from Billy Graham. Billy Graham said, mountaintops are for views and inspiration, but fruit is grown in the valleys. You know, your muscles don't grow at rest. They grow with resistance. And we don't grow on the mountaintops. We grow in the climb. And I'm talking about the climb up and the climb down. 
So if you're on the mountaintop, good for you. That's awesome. That's great. You're enjoying the blessing of God, and you're not facing a lot of resistance. But if you're not fighting as many battles, then help someone else fight theirs. God's a God of abundance. It's how he works. The way God likes to bless people is by giving somebody a whole bunch and then teaching that person to share it. And so if you're on the mountaintop and you have an abundance of peace, an abundance of joy, an abundance of strength, well, then that extra must need to go to other people. So listen to this. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where you don't feel you need God, then quickly find an opportunity to get somewhere where you have to draw on his supply, on his provision. It's okay to get rest. It's okay to get refreshed. But don't pitch a tent there. Don't build a house there. Keep moving. So we've talked about how we need God. And I'm going to kind of begin to close here. The band can come on up. And I want to give you guys an opportunity to respond to this, to not just listen. We don't want this to just be academic. We want there to be a response. And we know that we need God in the midnight hour, in the mundane, on the mountaintop. But we have to know that the world needs us to need God. This is something that goes beyond just my personal need. There's a bigger picture. That's that whole getting your eyes on eternity thing. And so, you know, it says in the book of James that we're supposed to be doers of the word and not just hearers. So I want us to see how our need for God, and that's what I'm talking about, is our need to let the strength, the peace, the joy, the power of God flow through our life is, is, is something that goes beyond us. It affects others. Again, that quote, let's put it up one more time from Bill Johnson. Live in such a way that unless God shows up, what you're attempting to do is bound to fail. It doesn't say no or understand in such a way. It says live in such a way. We need God for what he wants us to do every day. Because our need for God isn't just personal. It affects the people in the world around us. I mean, you do know that you're the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill. You're God's representative. You're his ambassadors. And you can't do that on your own. You need God to do that. And so when someone is sick, you need God moving in you so that healing can come. When someone is depressed that you know, a friend, family member, somebody in the line at the grocery store, you need God in you, active and moving, so that you can bring peace and joy to that person's life. The reality of the kingdom of God flows into this world through his people. And that's you and me. And that's what the world needs to see. And so what I want to do is, as we conclude this service, is we're going to take communion. And uh, I want to use this as an opportunity for you 
to recommit yourself to this knowledge, to this awareness, to come to the Lord and say, God, I need you. I need your power. I need your love. Don't be like me last year who went as far as I could go on my own strength. No, that's not what God wants. So we're going to take communion, and I think this is the perfect opportunity as we're remembering what was done for us, as we're remembering the body and the blood of Jesus broken, poured out for us. This is the perfect opportunity to go to God and say, God, I need you. I need you. Holy Spirit, I need you. The world needs me to need you. And so as I'm going to pray and as the band begins to do this song, I want to invite you all to come and get the, the bread and the cup and go back to your seat and take a time of communion with the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge our incredible need for you. We absolutely 100% need you, God. We can't do it on our own. We can't really do anything on our own. But through you, nothing is impossible. Through you, people can be healed. Through you, people can be set free. Through you, a city can be blessed. Through you, people are saved, delivered, and healed. And so we need you, God. And we commit ourselves to seeking you and seeing that power flow through our life and acknowledging that it's you that's the source. It's you that's our strength. Not us, you. In the name of Jesus, amen.